Hey, you're listening to John Gregory Vincent here with the Surfacing Inclusive Leadership Podcast. This is leadership I learned the hard way during my 14 years on submarines. After a Gallup gig, working for the best human behavioral organization in the world, I was ready to launch my coaching, advising, and training company, The Submarine Way. So hey, let's cast off all lines because we're getting underway, The Submarine Way. This episode is brought to you by Submarine Way Wellness, the purest supplements on earth. No matter how healthy your diet, it's always good to supplement with legit, pure supplements. Ours, the supplements at Submarine Way Wellness are third-party, verified, and the lab is certified to make sure that the only thing that's going into your body is what's on the label. SubmarineWayWellness.com, the purest supplements on earth earth. So what's going on at the Sheriff's Office in Richmond County, Georgia? Many of you know Augusta, Georgia was our former home. We lived there for about six years. There was an article this week about the issues within the Sheriff's Department of Richmond County. I'll get this out there right now. Pat Clayton, who is the police chief of Augusta and reports to the Richmond County Sheriff Richard Roundtree, is a dear friend of ours. He's also an extremely good leader, honest, modest, and a straight shooter. And that's somewhat of an expert opinion because I think most of our listeners know we do a lot of work with law enforcement. Um, And Chief Patrick Clayton is up at the top. We don't know Sheriff Roundtree as well. We've met him a few times, but we know him to be a man of integrity. And we know he is committed to law enforcement and he is committed to professionalism. So why would the county have such a problematic issue with their officers? Now, the obvious question is, what are you talking about, John? What issues? Well, here, this is from a U.S. News article. Richard Roundtree, the sheriff of Richmond County, Georgia, has a problem. More than 30 of his sworn officers have been arrested over the past three years, mostly on charges of smuggling drugs, or items into the county jail or assaulting inmates. According to the article, in some ways the crisis of Richmond County reflects a dilemma facing many of America's county jails where people accused of crimes are held before trial or serve short sentences. Across the country, jails are overcrowded and understaffed. Experts, inmates, guards, all say that making conditions are not good, making conditions better would be better for both detainees and guards and the system. The arrests in Richmond County may be a result of these factors, although Roundtree has said that he's still trying to figure out why there have been so many officers charged with crimes and how to curb the misconduct. Roundtree further laments Are we missing something in the hiring process? Are we not providing enough training? He said this at a a news conference. All of these issues have been exhaustively addressed and discussed, and yet misconduct is still occurring, despite the fact that deputies are consistently being arrested and losing their careers. In other words, there is a high level of accountability here when these officers are being caught. They're not looking the other way. They're not transferring them to another department. They're holding them accountable, and yet the issue continues. 
He added, the only constant truth we have been able to detect is monetary gain. It simply appears to be all about the money. Now there's two aspects of that when we're talking about selling drugs or selling other things or uh, you know, officers, I don't know if they're being paid to assault, I, I, I don't know that specifically. So there's two possible monetaries here that I, you know, you're getting paid to do these things, so you're pocketing, you're making more money, or you're doing this because you're not being paid enough. So your lack of low pay, which is the case in many departments, is causing you to be more open to the temptation of this. So I don't want to, you know, put words in Sheriff Roundtree's, but clearly he's saying the only con constant thing here is money seems to be involved. So what are you folks? that are clearly interested in leadership, or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, what do you think about it's all about the money? When you have an issue in your organization, when you have an issue with a team or, or an individual, and the person says, well, they're just frustrated. They're frustrated that they're not being paid enough, or they had an opportunity to make some extra money. Yes, it was illegal, but they went ahead and they did it anyway. Do you think that that is a root cause, or is that a symptom of something else? I can say that with certainty, the entire time of my naval career, I could have made considerably more on the outside, considerably more. As an E3 in the Navy, E3, um, enlisted pay grades go from E1 to E9, so E3 is you know a third up the food chain, so to speak. Today, they make $2,300 a month. When I was on active duty, I don't know, they probably made 13 or 1,400 a month, so you know, 15,000 a year. Did I, or most enlisted, engage in criminal behavior? No, never considered it. Why does that not occur? And it's not because I've been on a submarine 12 months out of the year. For half of the year at least, we're out in the public. We can make bad choices. We have an opportunity to make some money, maybe not legally. Uh, you've read in the news occasionally, you know, people have sold secrets and things like that. So there are, but it's extremely rare. So what's the difference? It's certainly not pay. Would paying more allow you to recruit college-educated, experienced law enforcement? Sure, but I believe there is a deeper issue of culture, both accountability and lack of discipline as well as an ethics issue. This isn't Sheriff Roundtree's fault. He's an elected official and uh, this is systemic. This has been occurring long before he was there and he's simply trying to fix it. Because again, sheriffs are elected. In all situations, they typically inherit a lot of cultural issues. This is clearly one of them. Because they're elected, it makes it more difficult for them to solve it. Money is a factor for sure, but Richmond County is, is the home to one of the wealthiest suburbs in Georgia, and yet it has a public school system that gets an F. Yes, officially it's an F. The public school system's got a failing grade for the education they're delivering. So if this is your prime recruiting ground for the sheriff's office, you might be hiring people that are undereducated. They might come with other issues. And that's not saying that undereducated automatically leads to people with ethic, bad ethics and things like that, but education builds an, ethic, um, an ethical foundation. If it isn't addressed through the schools or at home, it doesn't get addressed. That's why ethics and accountability have to be part of law enforcement curriculum. They have to be. I'm going to step back again and talk a little bit more about uh, my, my uh, experiences in the Navy and why this was such an exception despite our lousy pay. Now keep in mind, not only was I knocking down 13,000 a year, but in exchange for that privilege, 
I was gone four, five, six months out of the year. I was in a tube, a submarine, under the ocean. Stinky, horrible, stressful conditions. Um, terribly dangerous environment. And I had the privilege of working in port 30, 40, 50 hours a week at sea. I basically slept three or four hours. So I was working 120, 130 hours. But why doesn't that happen? Well, it doesn't happen for three reasons. First of all, the high level of personal accountability is instilled in you from day one. Secondly, you don't let down your crew members. You don't let down your team. You don't let down the person to your left and your right. And obviously doing these things lets them down. And thirdly, you don't bring discredit to your command, to your organization, to your company. Those are the three things that in your organization, do people have pride and accountability in what they do? Do they look and have pride and accountability to their peers? And do they have pride in the organization? That goes a long way. So, I want to go back to training. When you train, you train top down and you train bottom up. And the reason you do this is because both the senior leadership and the folks on the ground doing the job every day, both of them have to have a leadership mindset, an accountability mindset, and an ethical mindset. You have to do both. But at the end of the day, where you really want to get to is lowest accountable level. That's where decisions happen the best. In our training, that's what we do. We have breakout sessions. We have role plays, real role plays based on real world situations. And we continuously reinforce and reinforce and reinforce that accountability, that ethics. And we do this whether we're working with uh, some of the police departments we've worked with, Florence Police Department in South Carolina, Charleston, Charleston Police Department also in South Carolina, Horry County Fire Rescue. We led the Leadership Academy, the leadership portion of the Leadership Academy in Raleigh for years. We have also done workshops with several uh, chapters of the FBI Academy. And what's consistent there is that we lead and we give practical interactions and practical exercises to really give people the tools to change the mindset because mindset comes first, then behavior, then cultural change. And that's this process that is used. I think one of the reasons we've been successful in law enforcement, and this is something that would apply to Richmond County or any other, is the vast majority of training that occurs in, in law enforcement is done by law enforcement, either internally or retired law enforcement. That's wonderful, good folks, they know a lot, obviously they know it, but it's a singular focus, it's inside the bubble. When you bring someone from outside the bubble, you have a much better chance to look at things from a different angle, to have a bigger impact. So because I have a military background, it gives me credibility with law enforcement. But again, I don't have a law enforcement background. I'm an expert in leadership, in talent, in accountability, but I'm also a member of the community, just like those officers are. So the success of law enforcement is crucial to me as a citizen. Each of us needs to get involved to solve our problems with law enforcement in this country. And I will tell you this as, as we come around the corner here. I'm going back to submarines again. Uh, a lot of people say, well, it's the military structure and it is what it is. Now, I don't think people understand the makeup of a submarine crew. Not only was I making $13,000 a year, but I'm surrounded by a bunch of 20 and 21 year olds, 80% of which only have a high school diploma. Uh, someone who is senior is considered, you know, to have five or six years of experience. 90% of the crew is under 35 years old. And yet, you have very, very few 
incidences of people breaking the law in any way, shape, or form. And since 1954, when the Nautilus launched, there hasn't been a single nuclear accident. Now, this is a this is a vessel, a nuclear vessel, operating in a place nuclear nuclear plants were never meant uh, to operate. It is incredibly sophisticated, incredibly dangerous, and there's never been a nuclear accident, and it's run by a bunch of 20-year-old high school graduates. And I will go to talk back to this topic specifically. When you build, and that's what we've done at the Submarine Way, is we've just taken the way things are done on submarines, we've blended some of Gallup's tools, along with our founder, Deb Cake Fortin's experience from Fortune 300 companies as an executive, and we've melded them into a system a system that applies to this topic and it applies to a lot of other leadership development topics. We'd love to have a conversation with you about the submarine way and how we do business and what our system looks like. You can reach us at submarineway.com. There's contact us links all over the place. You can also reach out on uh, a LinkedIn to myself, John Gregory Vincent, or our founder and president I just referred to, Deb Cake Fortin. And we'd love to have a conversation. Please don't leave this thinking we're talking about bad people. We're talking about good, solid leaders. But when we're in the eye of the storm, sometimes we don't see the causes. We don't see the root causes. And you need someone to come in objectively and tell you the things you're really doing well and sometimes the hard truth of things that need to be changed. We'd love an opportunity to chat with you and at the end of the day, what I really hope for each and every one of you listening is please be well.